Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I want to speak to you about something that sometimes is either overvalued and therefore taken too much, or something that in many churches is undervalued and the meaning and action is not taken enough. What I'm talking about is the Lord's Supper. I find that it's quite tragic that often Christians in Protestant evangelical congregations often do not take seriously enough the Lord's Supper. And this undervaluing of the Supper is a deprivation to the people of God because the Holy Supper is one of the two ordained actions of worship by the Lord Jesus himself. Now, we do a lot of things in our worship services, but many of those elements are things that we inherit uh, from the Old Testament, from the worship of Israel, the worship of God ordained there. And they're mentioned again in the New Testament. We hear preaching or teaching. We sing songs or psalms or hymns, and we engage in prayer, or certainly we should be engaging in prayer in the service of worship. So we also give gifts to the Lord. We do these actions, and all of them are mentioned, but there are two that specifically ordained by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They are called dominical Ordinances. That is, they come from the ordination of Christ with the assigned meaning that Christ has given them. And those two actions are Christian baptism, which we read about in Matthew 28 and see we've fleshed out in the book of Acts, and the Lord's Supper, which is given to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and 1 Corinthians. It's demonstrated out in the book of Acts. And John, although he does not mention the particular words of the institution of the bread and wine, he gives us the teaching of Jesus in connection with the table that we find in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. All of that was around the Passover when Christ died. And in the Passover meal itself, Christ took two of the elements of that meal and he instituted a new ritual, a new action on behalf of the people of God who are gathered in his name to worship him. This means that it's something that the Lord himself has ordained for the benefit of his people. So let's read about the Lord's Supper by reading the words of institution as they are given to us. We turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and in the context of the public worship of church, Paul writes about a problem that's there, but also in correcting the problem, he gives us how Christ instituted the meal and for whom he gives the meal. So he tells us in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 
The following instructions, Paul writes, I give to you when you come together in order to engage in the Lord's Supper. Now, his point here is that they were not necessarily doing it in the proper manner. Therefore, it did not function among them if they were not taking it in the proper manner uh, as the Lord's Supper. But he goes on, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, if we turn to both Matthew or to Mark, we find a little additional understanding of the bread. Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then in Mark chapter 14, we have another addition or a writing about the supper. As they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it. He gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drink of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And there's the institution of the Lord's Supper shortly. And our understanding of the Lord's Supper must flow directly from the text of Scripture. We must stick to what God's Word says, not stray from it, by our opinion or our interpretation that might differ from God's word. We must listen to what it says and we must do what it says. So here's the first question. Why do we take the Lord's Supper? What is its meaning and its purpose? The Lord himself gave it to us. Therefore, it is absolutely essential to the Christian life. It's essential to the life of the church. So the church that ignores the supper, that is, many services conducted and go, come and go, but there's no celebration of the Lord's Supper, is not really engaging in New Testament worship. So it's very important that we do the supper because Christ himself ordained it for us. Now, why? Because the supper itself conveys Christ in his message, it conveys to us the gospel proclamation. And our Lord wanted us to constantly remember this. He wanted this to be the focus of our gathering. Because after all, why can we gather in the Lord's name to read his word, to hear teaching, to sing his praises, to present our prayers? Well, it's all based on the sacrifice of Christ who gave himself for us sinners that we might be reconciled to God. 
And so you see, the gospel is actually proclaimed by Christ himself in the celebration of the supper when it is done biblically. So this is why Christ gave it. Now, yes, he gave it to us as a remembrance, but it's a remembrance of him. It's not just recalling his death. It is not a memorial service as if Christ has died and we have to remember it every year. No, it is the remembrance of his person who in his days of the flesh took his own body by the will of the Father to the cross for us. And on the cross, he was the sacrifice for our sins. And he gave us this meal to remember that he is the Savior of his people. So in taking the supper together, we share again in the word of the grace of the gospel, the promises of God that those who believe in Christ and understand him to be the sacrifice for our sins, call upon him in faith, actually have fellowship with the Lord. You see, if you go through the ritual, but you do not see or understand the presence of the Lord, then you are missing the real meaning of the supper. There are many things that can be said about the supper, but I want us to focus primarily on this one concept, that in the gathering of the Lord's people around the word of God, there is also the the example, the command, that we gather around the word and the table. Now we have the question of frequency. The Bible does not lay down a rule about frequency, but it does indicate it should be something that we do frequently. He says as often as this. Now when we read in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 20 verse 7, we can notice the frequency with which the Lord's Supper was observed. In the very early days of the church, it was almost daily. Within, most of the church was still gathered in Jerusalem, and this could be undertaken in that way. So we find a description of what they did in Acts 2.42, that they came together, and they gathered around the teaching of the apostles. They gathered around the meal, the Thanksgiving meal of the Lord's Supper, and They also shared fellowship among one another, and they attended to prayers. These should make up the worship actions of our churches. And in Acts chapter 20, we find that they gathered or came together specifically to break the bread. We can read about that in Acts chapter 20, verse 7. It says, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, notice The purpose of the gathering was to gather together to break bread. Now, Paul talked with them, but obviously they also engaged in the Lord's Supper. Now, we find also another mention of that, that they came together or they were engaged in something frequently. And it seems that the pattern emerged early in the church, that this was something done in connection with the gathering of God's people on the first day of the week. That is not a rule. That is simply a pattern of the frequency that the early church did, which I do think that is a pattern 
for us to observe today. Now, the reason for this is because Christ wants to convey to us the benefits of his death. Now, he conveys the benefits of his death to us by our hearing the word, by our believing the word. So we approach the table in two ways. We approach the table with thanksgiving. He offered a prayer of thanks, and we approach the table with the receiving of the bread and the wine that is broken and shared, that is poured out and shared. Now, notice that Christ does it in four actions. He takes bread, he gives a prayer of thanks, he breaks the bread, he gives the interpretation or meaning of the bread. We should do the same. He takes the wine or the fruit of the vine, he hands them the cup that has been poured out, or is poured out at that moment, and he shares it among them, again with thanks, and tells to them the meaning. He says, this bread is my body given for you. He says of the cup, this cup is the blood of the new covenant, which is given for the forgiveness of the sins of meaning. These are the interpretations that Jesus gave. We should therefore simply say what Christ himself says about the supper. We receive it with reverence. We receive it with faith. We receive it with love, love for God and love for our fellow believers. And Charles Spurgeon wrote a hymn about the Lord's Supper. In fact, it's the only hymn I know that Charles Spurgeon wrote. And it shows how much this early Baptist preacher or this Baptist preacher in the late 1800s of the 19th century valued the supper among the people. And it was done very frequently, I think, even every Sunday among them. Here's what he writes. Among us, our beloved stands and bids us see his nail-pierced hands, points to his wounded feet and side, true emblems of the crucified. What generous food, what sweet accord, when at his table sits the Lord. How fine the bread, how rich the wine, when Jesus calls his guests to dine. If now, with eyes defiled and dim, we see the signs, but see not him, then may his love the scales displace, that we may see his glorious face. You see, if we just go through the actions of the ritual, but we don't see the Lord, we've really missed the blessing. For Christ is present with his people with the proclamation of the word of God and with the sharing of the table of the Lord's Supper. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insight.